So I hope you're doing well. I hope everything is going well. Um, but life usually doesn't go like that, does it? <laughs> sometimes, sometimes everything is really, really good. And other times it's like, man, you just get like hit in the gut. How am I going to deal with this? How am I going to move on and, and uh, uh, handle the things that are going on in my life? There's a song that uh, I sort of grew up with. I, I'm going to really date myself, but that's okay. The hair or the lack thereof does that anyway. The, um, in, when growing up, I loved music, and one of my favorite uh, artists was Andre Crouch. Andre Crouch was a gospel singer. He wrote incredible songs. He uh, would just, just minister to, uh, to me, and I, I, just, I, just, I loved all of his music. But there was one song I really liked, and it basically says this. It's heaven were never promised to me. It'd be still worth living for the Lord in this life. And I, I love that song, and I think that's so true. Because God blesses us, God watches over us, God protects us, God moves in our lives. But as I began to grow and study and everything, I, I realized that's such a great song, and he's such a great uh, author and, and does an amazing job with it. But it's not really totally theologically true. You think, oh, well, well, what's that about? It's still, for, for, for what it is, it's, it's good. You know, God blesses us here. God gives us life here. But there's something so much more. So we've been talking about big ideas. So justification. That just means we gave our heart to God. That just means we're saved. That just means God's forgiven us. That just means everything we are and the sinful life that we have has been washed away. God is justified uh, and remove the sin in our life, right? So that's justification. Then we move into glorification. We, we talked about that the last couple of weeks. Glorification is the walk. So this is a moment. And remember, we talked about the moment. Justification is the moment. You got to have the moment. If you haven't had the moment, then you, you can work and be good and say good things and act good and try to be holy, but it's just worthless. It doesn't mean anything without the moment. Without the moment, you're saying, God, I need you. I need you in my life. I don't really understand everything. And God comes in, and there's a moment of justification. Powerful, right? So then we walk in that moment. The moment is there, but we walk in what God's doing in our life. And that's sanctification. How do we get stronger in the things of God? How does God work in our life? What is God doing in our life? That is all sanctification. This morning, I want to just finish up with a big idea that's so big, I can't talk about all of it, but I think is real important for us to understand. And that's really that, that glorification. So there's justification, which is salvation, okay? Big words, simple thoughts. We get saved. Sanctification is how we're living, right? But there is a glorification. Now, glorification is another moment. You see, like, justification is a moment where we get saved. Sanctification is we walk in the things that God's doing in our life. And glorification is a moment we're changed. And so that because it's in the future and because we really don't understand it, we just think, well, what's the importance of it? Why do we need to know anything about that? God's going to do it, right? Just like... God did justification. There's nothing you can do, but there's an act of surrender that you have to have to get justified, right? You have to surrender. It's like if I'm giving you a gift, you, you have to take the gift. It doesn't matter if I say, here's a gift, and this is what God did to the whole world. Everyone, not a single person was left out. Here's a gift if you want it, and this person says yes, or this person says no. If we say yes, this is the justification where God does it all. 
We are walking in the faithfulness that God's done, that's sanctification. But the glorification is really about what God is doing, what God will do, that transformation, that change. And I just want to touch on that for just a minute because I don't think we understand the importance of what glorification means for you now. What does it mean for you right now? Because you think, is it just about in the future? Is it just about, okay, one day Jesus is going to come back and we're going to be glorified and go be with him, okay? But there's so much more to that. So glorification is, the way the Bible teaches it, is that we're going to be changed. We're going to be transformed in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye. Jesus is going to come back and everyone who's alive at the time will be transformed and changed into a glorified body. Now, the Bible says that before that happens, that the dead in Christ shall rise first. So Jesus is going to come back. The dead, everyone, everyone that has ever died in Christ, everyone that has ever died in faith with God is going to be changed into a glorified body. Now, they are with God. The Bible teaches very clearly to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So they're with God, so there is a change that already happened, but there's something powerful and significant that hasn't happened yet to anybody except the first, which was Jesus Christ, and that is he received his glorified body, and we, as his church, will then will do the same. So you will be changed. You will be completely changed in a moment, a twinkling of an eye. Now, I'm a big token fan, and Lord of the Rings, but the, the original ones. The movies are great, too, but I read the book. You know, read the book, and then you, because you see what Tolkien actually wrote. But one of the things, that, the moment that's in there and in, in the movie is at the very end of Lord of the Rings, Frodo is, uh, was cast the ring the, that was, had all the evil on it into the, the, the lake of fire, doom, whatever, okay? There's all kinds of symbolism there. And then there's a moment... He's busy running from lava and all kinds of things. But then there's a moment that all of a sudden he realizes, it's gone. It's gone. The weight, the burden, the the presence, the heaviness of that ring and and the evil that it represented, it's gone. He said, it's gone. And it was like he was breathing for the very first time. That's a little bit of taste that Tolkien sort of tapped into to help us understand what it's going to be like at our glorification. There'll be a moment when it's all gone. Every sin, gone. The desire, gone. You'll be transformed. You'll be made into a new glorified body that will, that will be completely absent of all sin, of all fear, of all doubt. It'll, it'll be like all that moment. We can't even imagine that moment, but there'll be a moment. It's gone. It's gone. All the sin is gone. Everything in us is, is incredibly changed and transformed in our glorified body. Now, what is that about? This is what we need to understand. It's that glorif- uh, glorification, this glorification, teaches us something profound about right now, about how you live right now. You think, well, that's just about then. No, 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 no. <laughs> Unless you understand this uh, and how, what it really means, you, under, you, you won't really experience, I believe, what God wants us to understand now, and that's the hope. The hope that we will be changed. <laughs> and it's all going to be different. It's all going to be changed. Everything is going to be gone. It's like for the first time in our lives, even though we've been forgiven of our sins, for the first time in our life, there is no sin. <laughs> 
will be made just as the glory that God has will be poured into us. Romans 8.23 is just our theme verse for this morning. And it helps us understand, I believe, a part of this. It says, we who have the first fruits of the Spirit. So if you have been justified and you're walking in sanctification, then you have the beginning, the, the first fruits, the, 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 the little bit of the hope that is going to be finalized at the glorification. You have all of that in you. It's not there. We still are dealing with sin. We still deal with failure. We're still dealing with things that are just like aren't, isn't good. But it will be there. So we have the hope. So we have the first fruits of the Spirit. And so we groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption, for that change, for that transformation, for that moment when all of a sudden everything is going to change, the redemption of our bodies. Very specifically, this isn't just I die in my spirits with God. No, 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 no. That will happen if you die before Christ returns and you'll be with God. But there is something that only happens at that moment when Christ returns is in that is that you will be given a glorified body that is completely different, that is free from sin, that is free from all these things. It's going to be amazing. But it says that we eagerly groan. We want it. There's something in it. And you see what that is? That's the hope that's connected to that glory. I'm not there yet. (laughs) I, I still deal with it. I know it's hard for you to imagine. Pastor would ever deal with any kind of sin. But occasionally there's a few things that might pop up. Because I am just like every one of you. I'm walking in faith. But there's going to be a moment. This is what's crazy. At that moment, if you're like just starting out in your sanctification walk, if you're just beginning to understand what's going on, or maybe you've been saved for 80 years, it doesn't matter. We're all there. Every one of us. Totally, completely uh, uh, sin gone. All that is gone. We'll be changed. That is a breakthrough. That is the breakthrough that we're believing for. That's the final breakthrough that we're believing for. But the hope that's connected, the first fruits, as the Scripture says, that's connected to that is the hope that you're living right now. And if you're not living in that hope, you don't really understand what's coming. You have to have the hope. Because when we fall, when we stumble, and we're not very good, and when things are really hard, we're thinking, how can I get there? You have to have that hope. You have to have the hope that, this is what's going to happen. Now, in my tradition where I, I grew up, I grew up being taught to fear that day, to dread, <laughs> it really, to literally dread that day because I, w- I was taught that, that there's a good chance you won't be ready. There's a good chance that whatever you have won't be enough and that when you get there, you're going to get left behind course it was just all it's all screwy theology because it says that God's going to come back two or three five times it doesn't matter and the and scripture never says that scripture said God's going to come back once once and then that's it that's the end that's what the Bible teaches there's no scripture anywhere that says he's going to come back once and get them and then come back later and take care of this and then <laughs> have a big gap of time and then come back there's there's nothing that says any of that <laughs> It just says, when it comes back, then the end will come. When it comes back, then judgment. When it comes back, we'll be changed. We'll be transformed. And so I was always taught to fear that day because I never thought I was good enough. I never thought I was really spiritual enough for that day, to, to believe for that day. But I believe 
and, and it sort of makes me angry right now. Because I think there's a hope. There's a, there's a, there's a blessing. There's a, there's a desire that I should have been living in that I didn't have. Because I saw it as a dreadful day instead of an incredibly glorified day. And that's what I need you to understand today, is that hope that's in that day is in you now. The hope of Christ. The hope to change. The hope that you can uh, uh, see God do the most incredible things in your life. See, the ultimate promise of now is the breakthrough that we're going to have. The breakthrough that's going to happen. And I believe we're going to have, and God wants you to experience this week, right now, breakthrough in your life. Breakthrough in your everyday situations, in, in, in relationships, or finances, or business, or your, or your walk with God, or whatever. You're going to see some breakthrough because you're going to begin to understand the hope that I have now is the hope that is going to be finalized one day. Look at Colossians chapter 3, verse 4. I love this. It says, when Christ, who is your life, Christ is your life. So Christ is going to come back for you. Christ is in your heart. And you might make say, well, I'm struggling. I'm not doing a little. Christ is in your heart. Christ is going to come back for you. Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world. So when he comes back, he's going to be revealed to the whole world. He's going to take care of, of, of the world. It will be wiped out. And then the, revealed to the whole world, and you will share in his glory. Oh, you got to get that. <laughs> I mean, I can't talk about glorification without us understanding that the glory is not just, oh, we made into a better person, but the very glory of Christ is going to be poured into you. You're going to be made into this glory. Wow. <laughs> and, and, and you cannot begin to understand when, and when Paul writes in different places, says, oh, God, come now. <laughs> come quickly. You know, do this now. <laughs> but it's better that I, I'm here because there's still some other things that, God, you need to do in me. Christ is going to be revealed through the, through the whole world. God's going to move in us. But you see, the hope that we have cannot be just, well, one day that's going to happen. You can't have, you can't have that attitude. Because the hope, that hope that's there is the hope that has to be in you right now. And you might ask, you say, oh, okay, okay, wait a minute, wait a minute. Why, how does this breakthrough affect my breakthrough now? I'm dealing with this, Greg. This is really, really hard. This is, this is difficult. This is, where, this is where my life is. Okay. And you think the only way you deal with those things is through the hope that God is going to, do, God is going to one day wipe it all out. The hope that says, I, I, I can believe because I know it's going to work out. God's going to do that. Look what it says in Revelation chapter 14 and 13. Now, you got to stay with me because this is Bible. But we're going to process this and see what is it, what is it that God's really saying about our glorification that we're going to have. It says, when the church, when us, when, when we get to this point, we will rest, they will rest from their labor. There's going to come a time when your labor ends. Love that. <laughs> Somebody say amen. <laughs> gotta be, if you're going to be excited about anything, you're going to be excited about that. It said, there will be a, a rest from our labor. We're going to rest from our labor for their deeds will follow them. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> and you might be thinking, I don't want nothing following me. <laughs> I don't want nothing of this life following me. I don't know what that's about, but that's just, that's, that's just wrong. But it's the Bible. So what does it mean? Literally, you know what it means. It means that your actions will be speaking. Your actions will be speaking. Wait, I, this, I, I thought that was all done. 
I thought that was all over. Let me tell you a parable. It's a parable that is very different from how we might think. But it was a medieval uh, parable that uh, the, the, the church taught that I think is so profound. And I came across that. This is, this is how the parable goes. Okay, There was a man who has to go before the king because the king is calling him to some kind of judgment. And this particular man has three friends. Two of them he loves. One of them he doesn't like so much. You ever have a friend like that? Don't raise your hand. <laughs> they might be sitting next to you. So you have three friends. And so he takes this one friend and goes to the friend, really, that he loves the most and says, hey, would you go with me? i got to stand before the king. I need you to talk for me. I need you to say, this guy is a good guy, good character. And that first friend that he loved the most said, no, 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 I don't, I, I don't do that. I'm not going before the king. You're absolutely on your own. Oh, he's really disappointed. So he goes to the second friend that he loved almost as much and says, would you go with me to the king and stand with me? And he said, okay, I'll go with you only to the, 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 the gate of the court before you go in to see the king. I'll go with you that far. But, I, but I'm not going any further. No. That's as far as we go. And after you go in, we're leaving. Wow. Okay, so then he has to, t- he's got nobody left. So he goes to the friend he doesn't love. said, uh, you wouldn't want to go with me and stand, stand for me. And he said, sure, I'll go. Said, really? Yeah, 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 I'll go. So not only did this friend go with him, but he stood right there beside him and told the king about the good deeds that this man has done and how he deserves to be forgiven and this judgment shouldn't be held against him. And the king amazingly said, you're right, and dismissed it all. Now, what does this mean? What is this saying? Let's explain the parable. And 800, 900 years ago, this is how they explained it. The first friend that you love the most is your money, is all the things that you treasure, and it won't go anywhere near you when you go before God. So the king is God. So when you go before God, it says not going, and we all know that. I mean, we, we understand we can't dig it with you. <laughs> the second friend is his family, his friends, his relatives that he loves. And they'll go only to the edge of the grave. They'll stand with you as you're being buried. They'll be around you, and then they'll leave. And you go on into stand before God on your own. Well, then who is the third friend that you do not love? And this is what they say it is. It is your actions, your deeds of love. We have mouse in the wall. Don't worry about that. It's all good. So uh, they might be knocking. We'll just knock back. Every t- just say amen really loud. <laughs> no. So uh, he says, these, these, this are your deeds of love that you've done. Now, this is profound because this is what they're saying. You will take something with you into eternity. You will have someone beside you. Because when, when we first... And when I first read this, I'm thinking, oh, that's wrong. It's screwy, medieval, crazy. You know? <laughs> because that should be Jesus. Jesus is with me. Jesus goes, yeah, he's a good guy. And he's all forgiven and things like that. But that's not the point they're making. 
Because we are saved by grace. We are saved by Jesus. But when we stand before God, what we will have with us, but with all the actions and all the deeds. See, the Bible teaches us this. I'm not making this up. Corinthians, it says that you'll go before God and you'll have, you'll have stone and gold and precious silver or you'll have wood, hay, and stubble, and then the fire of God's presence will burn it all up. And what remains is what remains. And just like I read out of 1 Timothy chapter 6, it says this is the treasures you store up, the acts of love that you are moving and that you have in your life. That is what you carry into glorification. That is what it, it goes with you. Now, we need to look at this because here's my first thought. I just want you to get your head wrapped around. Love is certain, is the certain, uh, uh, roll that back just a little bit. Love is the certain breakthrough of a living faith. Love is what gets carried. Your actions of love, your deeds of love. Not just, I love people. No, no, no. That's not, what's go- that's not what's going to stand there. What's going to stand with is what you've done in love. That's your gold. That's your silver. Those are the precious stones. Those are the things that will remain. Now, no, 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 no. Now, you might be saying, as, as my first reaction was to this parable, no, 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 we are not saved by works. We are not saved by what we do. That's, the Bible clearly teaches that. Works, all of our works, everything you've done, even your works of love, stay with me, are tainted by sin by selfishness, by our own desire. So how can they ever uh, uh, justify us? In fact, Romans 3.20, look what it says. It says, no one will be declared righteous in God's sight by, God's, uh, by works of the law. In other words, by the things that you do, you are not declared righteous. And that's, not what, and that's what I'm saying. The, the, your acts of love do not make you righteous or unrighteous, because only Jesus does that. We're only saved by God. We're not saved by works. But there's a reason why the Bible clearly says, and I don't have time to read all the scripture, it says we are not saved by works. It's because you are not saved by works, least you boast. Least you say, I did this. I did this. Now, you'll, you'll, you'll stay with me. See how this worked with the acts of love. He says, I, I did this. I, I, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> and you can't have acts of love. <laughs> You cannot have acts of love and boast. Because you know what, what not boasting, you know what that comes with? Humility. Brokenness, humbleness. It's what, what the Bible teaches us. How do we walk before God? What does God require of us? But to walk humbly before him. And say, God, I, I need you. <laughs> See, works boasts. Works says, I did this. But acts of love denies the self. You can't love someone or do acts of love or do compassion for someone or help anything. The only thing that will carry through all the way into eternity and be selfish and be about you. Humility is the driving force in our life. Just say, God, I need you. That's humility. God, I accept you in my life. Everything else is pride. Everything else is self. Everything else, not I don't need you. I, I think I can get it. I think I could do okay. But there's the thing that we're taught by glorification is that it is, it is an understanding that only God can do this. Only God can work in our life. Your, your, your love, and you, you think, wait, wait, wait. How can love be good works? Uh, how, how does that work? Because you just said it's, it's all sinful. Well, look what it says in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. It says, we are God's handiwork. God made you. 
God's shaping you. Sanctification. That's what sanctification is, right? So God's working in your life, and you were created in Christ. God is making you new. Sanctification. We're walking. I'm more like Christ. I'm more like Christ. I'm less like Christ. I'm more like Christ. That's sanctification. That's the way it works. God is, uh, you're God's handiwork created in Christ to do good works. Whoa. <laughs> you were made to do good works in Christ. Christ has fulfilled the law, and therefore, because the law is fulfilled, works in us to do good works. You were created to do good works. That's what God made you to do. What is the only thing that keeps us from doing good works? Our own pride, our own selfishness, our own desire that says, I want this, I want to do this. And when we're thinking about, I want to do this, we're missing with the glorification that God has for us. The hope that changes everything. See, true faith works in love. It always works in love. The breakthrough you're looking for, it's great. You know what it's going to come through? It's going to come through a love and a humility. God, I need you. Because, you know, sometimes if you're like me, things go wrong, things go hard, and I say, I'll work it out. I'll figure it out. I'll do this. I'll put my nose down. I'll work hard. I'll do it like that. And God said, come on, Greg. What are you doing? Trust me. Love. That's what gets carried. And see, that covers everything, doesn't it? Because love means forgiveness. I will not forgive him. <laughs> you won't love. I, 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 I'm, I'm just going to ignore them. <laughs> it's not love. It's not love. I, I remember our very first year or so marriage. See, I, I love Lisa, but... I, I had things all planned out because that's what I do. <laughs> and one of the things I planned out is I control the checkbook, and I'll take care of everything, and I'll handle everything. If she needs something, she can just ask me, and I'll be glad to give it because I love her, right? Lisa's going, what? I can't even see it. I don't even need you. No, you don't need to know that. See, I thought I was doing it from the right perspective. On reflection, okay, there might have been a little bit of insecurity and fear and all those type of things that are in there, selfishness. But that's beside the point. But I remember... A moment where we're having a, we don't, we don't fight. We have discussions. Why is that funny? So we have discussion, and we are having a discussion. And the discussion was, <laughs> you're wrong, Greg. And I realized, and I knew, because I'm listening, and I'm thinking, okay, you're right. This is just stupid. But how do I get there? I'm early married, you know. I'm just, you know, like this. I got to be the man of the house, you know have my Yeti cup and drink it, you know. <sighs> but I knew it was wrong, and I just think, I remember where I'm sitting. I remember everything about it. I remember the moment. You see, Greg, how can you have such wonderful, incredible marriage, which we do? It is an example to all of you. Then it doesn't mean we're perfect. <laughs> it just means we don't give up. But I think one of the foundations started right here, right at this moment, when all of a sudden I realized I love her, and I had to admit, no, that was that was wrong. I had to humble myself. Humble yourself before God. Surrender your pride and put your hope in Him. It changed everything. I won't ever forget that moment. I won't ever forget what God has done and how my love has to be through a humility. This is how we serve one another. You can't wash someone's feet. Wash. 
Sorry, my Texas accent comes out. Wash. You can't do it if you're thinking about you. So it's not only love, there's a hope. See, hope ignites breakthrough in a hopeless world. This is the other side of it. You won't break through or help others break through unless you understand where that hope comes from. See, our hope, this glorification, this hope that one day I'm going to be changed. One day we're going to stand with Christ. One day it's all going to be gone. One day we're going to be like Frodo and go, oh, it's gone. I'm free. I'm free. What is this, what is this like? One day it's going to be there. One day, one day, we're going to get there. You can't have that hope because the world fights against it. And this is what they do, just really, really quick. The world's views is one of annihilation or universalism. Annihilation or universalism. And annihilation says nothing happens. You die, boom, that's it. You go into nothingness. They have to do that. Or universalism is that whatever it is, God's going to feel sorry for everyone and everyone's going to be in hit with him in heaven eventually, ultimately, whether you call it through some purgatory or, you know, the, the, the Buddhist, you know, uh, Bill Gates, who's a Buddhist. And so, you know, all the Apple, the mindfulness things, that's all Buddha stuff. Everything's Buddha. It's not, New Age is just Buddha with a, with a Buddhism with a, a twist on it. But all, all, all of that just says empty yourself, empty yourself, empty yourself. That's what, that's what all that is instead of filling yourself with Christ and filling what that is. But the, the an, annihilation says there's nothing. Universalism says it's all good. Whatever it is, it's all good. But here's the problem with that. What that means is that nothing you do now makes a bit of difference. Nothing makes any difference. And the sad part is this is what the world believes. So our suicide rate for our teenagers are through the roof. People taking drugs and thinking it's okay and the fentanyl, fentanyl that's all coming in. and It's horrible. It's horrible. How does Because they have no hope. You must live in hope. Our hope is that one day, I know my life stinks. I know, but God's moving. And some, one day, one day, there's a glorification that's going to be there, and it's going to change. And the acts that I do now, the acts of love that I do now is going to change everything. Let me give you one more parable, and I'll end with this. This is out of the Bible, so it's okay. It's a story you know well. But maybe it's a little bit different than you think. The prodigal, prodigal son, you know, the father has, he goes to, to his two sons. And one of the sons says, I want my money now. And so what does it say? The Bible says that the father took his inheritance and divided it up between both of them. Did you just hear what I said? The inheritance was given to the older son and the younger son. Probably the older son had much more because that's what happened in those days. Everyone would expect that. As Jesus is telling the story, the younger son goes off. He wasted it all. He does everything. He realized he's been an idiot, so he comes crawling back, and he says, Father, forgive me, and the father forgives him and throws a big party. The older son, which I really think is what the story is about, of how we love, how we care for others. The older son's in the field working, and he comes in and says, what's going on? He says, we're having a party. Without me? <laughs> You're having a party? Why? Well, the younger son came back, and he said, he was furious. He refused to go in. It was about him. And then the father said, son, what are you doing? What's going on? And, and, and the, the older son, he says, you didn't throw me a party. I've been working for you all this time, and you never gave me uh, 
it, you know, it doesn't say fatted calf. It says um, something full, probably a goat. We all want our goats. Fortunately, Tampa Bay has theirs, but everybody wants a goat. I want my goat. How come I didn't get my goat? I want my goat. You know what the father said? I already give a, gave you everything. It was already yours, but you weren't living in that hope. That's what it's about. And you're stealing the hope from your younger brother who you just own. That's, that's you see, when we... When we don't have hope that God's going to move, that God's going to change, that God's going to change me, that God's going to turn things around me, then we cannot have hope for anyone else. And if we don't have hope for them, they won't ever make it. Let me end with this verse. Look at 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15. It says, always be prepared. Always be prepared. Are you prepared? Are you ready? To give an answer to everyone who asks you to give a reason. Why? Because you go to church? Mm. To give a reason. Why you're so spiritual? No. This is, what do we have to give a reason for? For our hope. For your hope. You better be living in hope. You better say, God, whatever it is, I know it's difficult, I know it's hard, but there's a hope here that I'm going to get there. It's going to be there. Because that's the only thing the world wants to see. That's the only thing the world cares about. Is that do you have a hope to share? Do you have something that says, I have a hope God's going to touch me and my family and turn things around, and I'm going to trust him, and I'm going to believe in him, and it's going to be finalized one day. And I, because I have that hope, you can have a hope as well. That's the only thing we can share. That is the act of love that we give to people is the hope. Do you have a hope? Is that what's in your heart? When you hear a story, when you hear uh, something difficult, when you hear someone going through something, does hope spring up in your heart? And you go, well, they deserved it. No. Do we have a hope? I, I got a hope for you. It doesn't have to be this way. You don't have to live this way. You don't have to act this way. If you are not living in this hope, then you have no hope to give. But that's what they're asking. They don't say it in those words, but they're coming in when they're asking you, says, so what's going on with you? I have a hope. <laughs> don't say it that way. They'll get freaked out. But the point is, you say, I'll tell you, God's changing my life. Do you receive the word this morning? Come on, give God thanks. Let me, let, me, let me pray for you. Father, in the name of Jesus, our hope is in you. And God, I pray that, God, everything we're doing here, no matter what it is, no matter how we act it, God, let it be acts of love. Let it be through humility that says, God, it's not what I do. It's not what I have. It's not what I've earned. It's only what, God, you can do through me. Because that's the only thing that will stand with us in the end. We'll be redeemed. We'll be forgiven. But God, in the end, it's the acts of love that we have for other people. That hope, God, that we share. God, I pray for that. Stir that hope in people. And God, I, I, I believe in, in it, 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 that there are people here right now that just doesn't, they're having a hard time with that hope. How can I have that hope when this is going on and that's going on? God, I pray right now that you would touch them. If there's anyone in here, if there's anyone watching on, on the, uh, this camera right now, right here, watching this video, God, I pray that they know the hope that is found only in Christ. And so, Father, we pray, forgive us of our sin. Cleanse us, renew us, strengthen us, empower us to live a life in you. God, it's only in you. God, I pray that every single person that doesn't know you would have prayed that with me. 
and set them on that justification, sanctification, and one day, the ultimate hope of glorification. God do that in their lives. And I'm believing for that. In the name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen. Amen.